This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So excited because I think Brady Papinga is awesome. NFL analyst has called the Super Bowl in Spanish. The gentleman speaks two languages. I barely speak one. Super Bowl champion, former Green Bay Packer, Mr. Papinga. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Billy, how you doing? Things are good. Always fun to jump on with you, my man. So what um let's get into this this Thursday night football game. What uh let's start with the Chargers. What were your impressions of a football team that obviously has uh massive expectations surrounding its season this year? Man, I love their defense. I mean, I saw them against the Raiders. Saw them against last night against the Chiefs. I mean, you hold the Chiefs offense to 17 points, basically. You know, the, the 24 there, or the 27 there was the, the, the touchdown uh, off that interception. But outside of that, I mean, you've, you pretty much frustrated, stymated one of the best, most explosive offenses in all of football with one of the most exciting, explosive quarterbacks in all of football. And they're just getting started. This is just their second game. you got new pieces there, like – Lil Mac, Kyle Vanoy, you got already established guys, Joey Bosa, James. I mean, they have, and then they got a really nice collection of just kind of glue guys around those four, I'd say, pillar kind of players that make that defense on all levels really good pass rush coverage and even ability to stop the run. So uh, they look like to me like the most complete team. And they're, like I said, they're just kind of budding, they're not even fully blossomed. And when they do fully blossom here, and that'll be week eight, nine, ten, uh, as long as everybody stays healthy, man, I, I believe after seeing them these first two games, even though they lost last night, the AFC West goes through the Los Angeles Chargers. What? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because here's my thing. I love this because, and you know more about football I was going to say little pinky, but your little pinky is the size of most people's hands. But your little pinky than most of us ever will. But I've been making the point this year that it just feels like so many people are looking past the Chiefs team that over the last four years has been in the AFC Championship game every one of those years, has made two Super Bowls, has won a Super Bowl. It just, to me, it feels like it's not the shiny new thing. But you think 
have in with your expertise, your experience in the National Football League, having watched the Chargers these two games, you think they're the better football team than the Chiefs, and they should be the favorites. Yeah, and it comes down to this simply. You're right about the Chiefs in the sense that, you know, they lose Hill. Um, but at the same time, their main pillars are there, you know, Travis Kelsey and obviously Mahomes and, and those kinds of guys. And so they, they're going to be a little bit ahead of the game when you talk to them compared to, let's say, the Chargers. Because the Chargers, sure, on offense, they, they return a bunch, you know, their main guy, Herbert, you know, and uh, Mike Williams and those guys. But at the same time, it, to me, the difference is that defense. Now, Kansas City's defense also played very well last night. I mean, Jones, those guys, you know, I love Spagnolo. He was my defensive coordinator when I played with the Rams back in 2012. So I know him very well. I know what he's capable of. Obviously, he helped them win a Super Bowl and contend for others. So they're good, too. It's just there's a certain ceiling with this Chargers team that I, I've seen glimpses of and flashes of. And again, I mean, it, it just and, and even Brandon Saley seeing this. I mean, you you contrast last year where he just constantly it almost didn't matter where he was at on the field. He was going for it. It was like fourth and three or less, you know. And he he was taking chances. And a lot of people criticized him this last year. And lo and behold, against the Raiders last night against Chiefs, he's punting those balls. Now, why do you think that is? Very simply, he strongly, and I mean to the highest degree, strongly believes in his defense and knows that they can at any time take over the game. It's not maintain a functional presence, but take over the game. Why put them in any position that's that's disadvantageous? Why not keep them playing with solid field position? And and that's what he realizes. And I think a lot of us see as, a, you know, as football guys, is we see their strength, even though their offense with, with you know, Justin you know, Herbert and everything being as, as good as he's been and as good as he's going to be as long as he stays healthy, that that's the that's the defense is their strength, and that's Talking really I, I look at those two teams. That's what it comes down to. Love it. Talking to Brady Papinga here on on CBS Sports Radio, who as always brings that mixture of candor, experience, and expertise. I love it. All right. So if you think the Chargers, I, I love what you're seeing in that team. If that's what you see in them, and obviously the Chiefs are very formidable. Let's just do a broader conversation about the AFC West because for the Chargers or the Chiefs to win that division, they're going to have to do well against the other two opponents. I know it's early, but where do you put as challengers, as obstacles, the Raiders and and the Broncos this year? Well, to me, I thought the Broncos would be the team that most surprises everybody, and that's just because when you have a defense as talented as they are with the Broncos, you know, you're led by Chubb, their outside rushing presence, and then you add a quarterback that creates this confidence that, yeah, I can go out as a defense and we can hold a team, you know, three out, uh, get an interception, you know, turn them over, whatever. And you know your offense is going to do something with it. That creates even – it's like perpetual confidence. It creates even more confidence. Where it's the opposite. If you don't have a functional quarterback, like the Broncos have not had for the last, I don't know how many years, probably since Peyton Manning was pretty good, which we're almost talking a decade, by the way. But anyway uh, – you're, it's almost like perpetual lack of confidence. And your ability as a defense to stop teams and stay with that edge decreases not knowing that, hey, we put the ball in our offensive hands, that they're actually going to be able to do something to help you win the game. So now they have Russell Wilson. And I know they, they have their struggles. I mean, come on, two fumbles inside the – I think it was the one-yard line, if I'm not mistaken, at least a five, you know, going in uh, by your running backs. I mean – they win that game in Seattle, uh, but you, you, you really have a difficult time winning any games if you turn the ball over inside, you know, your the red zone going into score. Uh, but I look at them as being probably the next line. I just I didn't see enough so far. I know we're early in the season, granted, 
But I did not see enough in the Broncos to say, oh, they're going to go and win the AFC West. But I do still see them as probably the team that is going to be right there with the Chiefs, right there with uh, the Chargers. The Raiders, one thing, and again, I know this from experience with McDaniels. You know, he came into St. Louis and I played in 2012 with Sam Brassel, who won a Rookie of the Year award the previous year offensively under a different scheme. Uh, McDaniel's offense is a little different than a lot of these guys who were in the West Coast scheme, which, by the way, that's what Derek Carr was in last year with Bruton's system and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's different, and there's this kind of transition period, and, and I could see it already when they were facing the Chiefs in week one that, man, it's just not the same. There's different reads, there's different terminology, there's different ways that they go about their offensive processes that takes time to learn. And so I, I, and then the Raiders' defense is, is, is the big kind of downer. I, I mean, they're good, but they're not going to be, unless it, like there's some stuff that happens you can't predict, to the level of for surely the Chargers and even the Broncos. But I look at those three, it's, like it's, it's a three-horse race in the AFC West. And the upside, the greatest upside are the Chargers. I love it. Brady Papinga here on the show. Brady, as I mentioned, obviously you, you played for the Packers for, for a long time, part of that Super Bowl winning squad. You, you're friends with and know Aaron Rodgers. In fact, I think, in fact, I know the only time I ever interviewed Aaron Rodgers was on a radio show that you were on. It was, it was me, you, and or him, you, and me, the random guy, me, and he was very nice. Um, what again? Very early, early, early days. But, but no Devontae Adams. Offense didn't look the same. We've had some people on the show who played in the NFL in the last week who have said, I, I don't think the Packers are going to be that explosive offensively this year. What do you see and what do you expect from the Packers and Aaron Rodgers minus Devontae Adams this year? Oh, it's going to be a learning curve, as it was already shown in, in Minnesota. Minnesota has always been historically a tough place to play. I remember talking about going to Minnesota. It was 2007, Brett Favre, and we were on the bus driving to Minnesota, and I and usually I'd say, what's up, man? And, and he looked at me and didn't say, what's up? He just said, I hate this place. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And he's like, this place, I, he's like, it's just there's something about coming to Minnesota that I just never played well here. <laughs> we won the game, by the way. But uh, I think there is that element. When you go to Minnesota, there's, there's, it's just electric. That, that's the team they circle, by the way. The Vikings circle the Packers every year to beat them. Uh, the, the rivalry is more... More so a rivalry is the Vikings than it is the Packers since overall we, we have over the last, I don't know, maybe in the history of each, each organization dominated the Vikings. Um, so there's that element. And then you mix in that inexperienced receiving core. I mean, I don't know if you saw that play with Watson where Aaron threw a dime. I mean, it, it's like yeah. he drops it. And it's just that, that one play, whether, whether you think that the one play can affect the team or not, that one play, I – you believe it affects them perpetually because, again, it's it's about kind of an energy flow. It's about a rhythm, especially when you talk offensive football. And you complete that pass, you get a touchdown, you kind of just, you know, break the ice. You're in this very, like I talked about, very hostile environment, difficult to win. Boom, you just pop off a huge touchdown. You're a rookie. Talk about Watson. And all of a sudden, everything just kind of, the air just kind of gets, you just kind of breathe. Uh, but the fact that he drops it, and then the other young guys see him drop it, Aaron sees him drop it, and all of a sudden Aaron's thinking, oh, man, you know what? And, and I, I could have anticipated it myself. 
because you heard kind of Aaron really pushing these guys. They're under a lot of pressure from Aaron. And, and that's because how the, the way Aaron plays and these elite quarterbacks play is that one thing's called in the huddle, but generally speaking, a whole other thing happens evolutionary naturally when the play's happening in terms of what the quarterback and the receiver both have to see together at the same time. And then, yeah, after you see the same thing, the ball's sitting there right in your lap. you got to make steps. So there's going to be a learning curve. How long it's going to take at these young bucks, who knows? Uh, is Aaron good enough to evolve and to adapt and figure things out? Absolutely. When does that happen? I don't know. But I'm not really in a – we've seen this story I don't know how many times. Uh, last year, by the way, the Packers got rolled over by the Saints in Jacksonville, if you remember that. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up having a pretty good season. So uh, I, I do believe things will get figured out because you got Aaron there. He'll, he'll figure it out. Uh, I believe he knows how to press the buttons of these young guys and put pressure on them. And at the same time, if he feels like he's put too much pressure on them, he knows how to take it off, simplify things. Because ultimately he just knows it's just a matter of moving the ball and scoring points offensively. Brady Bingo, knowing the NFL as you do, having been in locker rooms as a player, knowing Aaron as you do, knowing that organization as you do, what was it like for, for Watson in, in that locker room after the game? What, what's the oh, like? my gosh. It's terrible. You know, I, I remember, again, I was kind of in the same position, but I was a third-year guy. And, it was, and it's not the same as a receiver because everybody receives the receiver drop a pass, right? But we were playing the Chicago Bears again in 2007. It was our first time playing them. And uh, we were up five points. And the game was getting late into the game. And lo and behold, they came out in this power formation. And I had the tight end man-to-man. His name was Desmond Bishop. Uh, Not Desmond Bishop. Desmond Bishop's one of my former teammates. But his name was Desmond. Uh, Anyway, I'll just never forget this play. They, uh, they ran a play action. Instead of me keeping my eyes on the guy that I have man-to-man, I got so excited to go blow up the run. I just dropped the coverage, meaning I let him go. Run back to like I was going to tackle somebody. Lo and behold, the cornerback is Brian Grace. He pulls the ball, and there's you know there's the wide-open tight end Desmond running down the seam. And he just lobs it up there. Touchdown. Game over. And so everybody knows, hey, it's on me. And also – you know, Nick Collins, the safety, we were both kind of – he was the last, obviously, being the safety, last line of defense there. And you just can feel it. Like, nobody says anything. But I literally looked at every Packer fan that – because back at that time, now that there's a – so when you park as a player at Lambeau, now you go under an underground parking structure. Back when I played, it was outside, and it was just fenced off. So after every game, the fans would circle a fence, and they'd ask for autographs and talk to you and stuff. And even after that game, the fans were so supportive because just that's how Packer fans are. But, like, I couldn't look at them and feel like like I did them good. You know what I mean? I felt like I did them yeah. wrong. So can I, only, I can only imagine, especially when you're a rookie and there's so much pressure and you're basically a first-round draft with all the Watson isn't. I mean, he was, like, their top receiver. This is the guy we want to replace Devontae Adams. The pressure he felt, the pressure he continues to feel, and until he has a breakout game, it only is going to build, which just it tests your mental fortitude and it tests your own self-confidence. And for him, my only advice would be simply just keep it simple. And for Aaron, give him some layups, man. Maybe throw him a hitch route. Let him run after the catch. Maybe a little option route, you know, five to ten yard option route. Let him kind of just get his feet wet. But, yeah, it's uh, it's not a good feeling, Bill, I'll tell you. <laughs> You know, especially when you have a fan base that's so invested like the Packers, it's not good to let them down. 
Brady, I'm not going to lie. You're one of my favorite people, and I hurt for you in that story, but I also really enjoyed the fact it was the Bears. So I apologize for my <laughs> my mixed feelings. gloating back there like, oh, yeah. Good to hear the Bears. Fine. We don't have a lot to gloat about, Brady. There's not a lot to cling to. It's okay. It's okay. It's not... I'll give it to you. <laughs> uh, I, dude, it's great to talk to you. I hope I hope the family's good. Good to hear your voice. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, for, for being on, buddy. Always a pleasure, Bill. Same to you, my man. Have a great day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 